Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Barry Rice. Hey, hey, hey. And Mac Daddy. Hello, hello. It's so awesome. We have Barry in the studio. We have the whole tricord together today. This is amazing. It's exciting. It must be a new year. It's a new year. Come on. Happy New Year! Like, That'd this, be a good place for like balloons and stuff so to this go. This is off. starting our third year, right? Podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're in our third year. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. Well, really, it's part of a fourth year. So 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023. This is oh, part of the fourth year. Come on now, yeah. mic drop. We've known each other for some time now. It's crazy. We're this is like episode what one fourteen fourteen. And here's the thing: is we really do love each other. Yeah. The key. We really do like each other. Yeah. And it's not just because we have to, <laughs> right? We choose to. That makes it fun. All right. So what are we talking about today? Yeah, well, you said you didn't want to talk about the national championship game because it was a bummer. So we won't talk about that. Yeah, no, there's drops but what about Dar? We huh? talked a little bit last week's show about him. We didn't know anything. He was in the hospital and you know the event had just happened when we Wait. were recording. But man, what amazing and not just his miracle, but What's been going on in, in the country? Like it's all of a sudden it's okay to break. We'll set this up. So anybody that's listening and that doesn't watch the NFL, this is what happened. So there was a gentleman by the name of Damar Hamlin, and he was playing for the Buffalo Bills. Oh. He was a defensive player. He hit a guy. He was tackling a guy. And then all of a sudden he just collapsed. Right. So they had to resuscitate his heart. They had to get him back to, to, to going. And then all of a sudden, all of the players and everybody just came around and they started praying. Well, from that, other people around the, the Twitter verse and everything else, everybody started praying for him. And it just, this movement took place. And then even ESPN, there was yeah, a commentator on ESPN commentator started yeah. ESPN. And then uh, I was watching uh, something with Tony Romo and, and Nance the other night and he, their commentaries. And they just said, man, you know, we're just praying for Nora and the family. And that just keeps, and then Nance says, man, I just pray that this keeps going. Amen. I pray that this is the new norm for the nation. And this is in their commentary. And who said that? Uh, uh, Larry Nance is it, or who work, uh, works the booth with Steve or uh, Tony Romo? I, I don't know. That that's guy. okay. Anyway, that's that not guy. that important. Yeah. But that's awesome to hear so, that. Yeah. And so I was just praising the Lord. But yeah, so that's what you're talking about. Yes. So yes, that movement. I just pray. Not only does it keep happening in the United States, but this just goes around the whole. Yeah. Let me let me uh, from my vantage point tell how how important this is. They they have all but taking. Uh, prayer out of sports events yeah. right yeah. so yeah. they have really done away with that and yeah. and and uh coaches not being allowed to play uh, to pray with their team they've and, been firing coaches for praying right, with their team right and so uh in our town uh of or in our state florida the two teams that came to play the other night before the game they got together and prayed both teams now I believe that's what competition is all about. Yeah. And I believe that's that's an example that the NFL should set before our 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 boys who play high school and college football. But man, that was that was just such a victory. I, I read somebody uh, uh, a Twitter tweet that said that, hey, we're having a coming out party. And 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 it's like the coming out is that there's a lot more people that are prayer warriors than they thought. And there's yeah. a lot more people that believe in prayer uh than originally thought and so they were just saying yeah come all the way out right come all the way out so do it in the name it's, of jesus do it in the right name but come all the way out it's right. giving people boldness it's like we talk we talk about this a, a lot like some sometimes you just got to see an example and when when so it's it makes it more important that we share our faith and that we're bold in our faith because it gives other people courage to do the same thing oh, yeah. and i think that's what's happening oh, yeah. yeah it's like all of a sudden bobby bowden's everywhere right i mean that was kind of how he <laughs> ran his teams right it, it was you know winning football games was important yeah. but building building men of character and and men of faith was much more important to him oh so, yeah that's cool only a graduate from florida yeah right <laughs> say. Hey, i snuck in a florida state reference <laughs> right uh, we love bobby bowden absolutely and what a man of god awesome so and then we also have our trip so we oh, we've i'm talked, so excited we've talked about this so it's it's like uh, you know guys that are listening to us that we've we're going to be promoting this a lot we're going to be talking about this but again you know, if you have ever wanted to go to Israel, going with us will be an awesome time. I promise. 
We will laugh. There will be no boring days. We will laugh so much. We will have you. You will leave there. You know, I don't want to like pump this up too big, but yeah. I think that you would leave there saying that this, if you've been to Israel before, that this was probably one of the best trips you've ever been on. And I just, it's just our character. It's just, we're leading it. We're going to be doing it. We're going to be doing the right podcast kind of mentality as we're there. Uh, we'll laugh. We'll be lighthearted more than anything else. Man, we're just awesomely in love with Jesus. And we just can't wait to talk about him on location, you know? And so if you ever wanted to go, this was the trip you should go. So we're going to be going in June of 2024. There's plenty of time to prepare for that. We have on our website, riotpodcast.co, um, or we're going to have it, theriotpodcast.com here soon. But we're going to that we're going to be able to be able to just find that information, register for the information meeting. We'll have a Zoom link. Everybody can get on. And uh, when's that meeting going to be, Pete? It's going to be March 19th, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What? Um, anybody from anywhere in the world, it the Zoom call, where you're at. So you can get in. Yep. yep. We'll send you a link. But any other thoughts? I mean, I don't know. I am so about it. excited. Now, I know we want to be careful not to over promise and under deliver, but uh, I don't think so. I, I think I spoke truth. <laughs> Our producer's <laughs> asking us how we sign up, and I said, I don't know. Like we're going to tell them all about the trip, but yeah. no, how to sign up is a secret. There's a registered link. So if you go to our social media, the riot podcast, we will have links on there that you can go easy. Or if you go to the website, the riotpodcast.com, you will then see. I think link. each of us have shared it on our personal page too, on, yeah. on Facebook. So Anybody if you follow us, us on Facebook or yeah. follow the riot podcast on Facebook, um, it, it'll be there. I think our audience though, it's a small amount follow us on our personal versus how many people follow us. Probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> What were you going to say, Bear? I, I was going to say I'm challenging Bob and and uh, uh -oh. my brother here to a camel race, and you do not want to <laughs> you do not want to miss that for us to race camels. And uh, and I'm, I'm seeking the uh, the uh, I'm I'm getting a very specific whip made that will very much encourage oh, my camel mercy. to win. And no, he's right. We're going to have a great time, but it's a, it, it is going to be a life-changing trip. And, and the places that you're going to see and the things that we're going to talk about and, and the things that you're going to experience, you know, I, uh, I really want to get my children there. And, and uh, there is a limited amount of space. Uh, you have got to jump on quickly yeah. because it's going to fill up. It's no doubt about it. And it's, it's just such a great opportunity to go. And I know, uh, as as I'm a part of this, I know you feel like a part of this and that you know us as as guys because you hear our heart on this podcast. Just just come along with us. And it's only putting back a, a few bucks a month. Yeah. And if you do that, you'll be there and and it'll be great. It really is. Yeah. Five hundred dollars will hold your spot. Yeah. So with the deadline and that's going to be June 30th yeah. of this year. Yeah. And then you've got uh, you'll have some more time to come up with the rest. But uh, yeah. it's going to it's going to be man. I can't get. I got a picture in my head now, Barry. Thanks. Oh, no, the I Riot can't. Podcast well, Camel Race. We I can't are going to drive. We're going to ride a camel when we're in Egypt because we're going to do Egypt, Israel, and then Jordan. Oh, we're racing now. Hey, hey, can can we make like one of those banners of us and the Egyptian pyramids in the back and us on camels? We got to do it. That is, you know, like a like a three amigo. That's going to be the marketing. Doing. That's going to be our marketing piece we'll right there. It. We're yeah. going to do it. I already thought of that. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be so much fun. We're going to do it. Uh, you guys don't want to miss this trip. Again, March 19th is going to be the informational meeting. And um, sign-ups, deadline to sign up is going to be June 30th. You don't have to wait. Like Barry said, it will fill up. So hold your spot. We do have to have limited because of the, we're, how we're traveling. So it is going to be limited. And, and get up there sooner the later, the better. All right. Excellent. Excited. All Excellent. right. Well, we let's going? Uh, yeah. Right. Well, let me let me uh Put in prayer. yeah let me open up some prayer and we'll get started heavenly father thank you for just the opportunity to to talk about you uh thank you for the opportunity to be with my brothers today and just uh put this podcast together lord with our listeners i ask that you would bless them that you would that you would speak to them today in a new and fresh way lord we give you now this podcast take it use it as only you can in jesus name amen I love the title of the show. So this is gonna be we're gonna be in John 13 verses 12 to 35. And so um if you have your Bible, we're we'll be reading out of the ESV so you can follow on that way. Um, but the title is Humility with Holiness brings happiness. It's a lot of H's. Are you like a humility a with holiness brings happiness? I love it. So three H's. This I like is it. the context of what Jesus has been telling us in John 13. But all right, let's do it. All right, last week. 
on the show, we talked about humility and grace, and it was a powerful one. Sure. If you haven't listened to it, go back yeah. and check it out right after you listen to this. Don't, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, you don't so have to good. stop this one, but yeah. go back afterwards and check it out. Um, this week, we will be in John chapter 13, verses uh, 12 to 35, which will finish off chapter 13. Yeah. The three key highlights in our reading today are this. Judas Iscariot is pointed out as a traitor by Jesus to the disciples. Had to have break the, broken his heart. Right? right? Number two, the battle between darkness and light. And then three, Jesus is teaching his disciples that in order for people to know that they are his disciples, they will know this by how they love each other. Yep. Did wow. I say that right? Yeah, I think so. Eh, I might have been a little, any way, a little quirky. Any way you say love, it's good. Okay, it's yeah, all As about, long as it comes out. Yeah. But how they love each other is how people will know. I think that's the key there. All right, so without it further delay, let's read. Uh, yeah, let's do finish up 13. Well, not all of it. Let's read verses 12 through 17. Um, this section is a continuation of our reading from last week, where we saw and heard about Jesus washing his disciples' yeah, feet. Yeah, so, so I mean, as we read it, just continue to put that into mind. So Jesus is talking about that context, right? So let's... He's in the upper room, right? Uh, this is, yeah, in the upper room. Right. Verse 12, chapter 13. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet, wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So if you notice here in John 13, 17, I think that's the key verse in this. Um, it says, if you know these things, happy are you who do them. So here's Jesus bringing in happy, right? So what is he talking about? So that's kind of the... My, my Bible says blessed. It does? Yeah. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Where does actually saying that? In the Greek, it means. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no difference between the words, you know, um, because it is the blessings of God that brings the the fruit of happiness, right? It's joy that's in our life. And, and uh, you know, just like the, the, the Sermon on the Mount, blessed is this person, blessed is that person, blessed is that. Translations come in and out with the word bless and use happy or blessed. And, yep. and that's the that's the key that there is a fruit here from the holiness and the humility of washing feet, that there is something that wells up in us that comes out of our spirit, out mm -hmm. of our soul, and it's produced as a happiness, a joy that's not connected to this world. If you experience the blessing of God, there's no doubt you're happy. Amen. It, it is what it is. But the sequence here in this chapter is important. So it's Jesus first taught us about the humbleness, and then talked to us holiness. Now he's talking about the happiness. Um, I read that Aristotle wants to find happy as a good fortune going to virtue. It's basically a lot that is both agreeable and secure. Now, that might have done well for the philosopher, but it does not do good for the Christian believer. Happiness is the byproduct of a life that is lived in the will of God. Uh, and we humbly serve others, walk in God's path of holiness, and do what he tells us. Then we will enjoy the fulfillment of happiness. So it's, it's, it's a process. And in, in the world, nothing else can teach you how to be happy. You happiness is fleeting if it's outside of doing the will of God. Happiness is 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 not it doesn't it's not sustainable. You can be happy for one moment because something good happened to you. But the next moment, if something bad happens to you, you're no longer happy, you're miserable. But in Jesus, all of that is taken in place. When 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 you are serving him in in holiness and walking with him. And then in return, serving others and elevating others above yourself, the consequences or the, the outcome of that is happiness. You are fulfilled. You have completeness. Any thoughts? Yeah, that's really good. I, I think the world tries to teach us that happiness is the goal and you should go after happiness. And what you're saying, and I think what we're reading here is happiness is a, is a byproduct of holiness and, and humility. Yeah, you can, you cannot achieve happiness by trying to be happy. By trying to be happy. <laughs> That's right. Because it's it will be found wanting. 
It will, you'll have moments, yes, but you will not ultimately be happy. You will not be blessed eternally. You will not be blessed in knowing that, okay, it's okay. I can be happy. I can still smile even when it's bad. You know, how many, how many times if we've been around other people and look, they look at Christians or people that are just filled with the spirit and they're like, how are you so happy during this time, right? It doesn't make sense. It's supernatural. That's real happiness. That's true happiness. You know, uh, this is so counterintuitive. You know, uh, as the disciples walk into the upper room, they're all walking past the water basin and the towels that are folded up on the on the ground. And, and you know, with, with the Roman culture that they lived in, you know, the Romans took advantage of the people for their own means and for all, their own... Uh, you know, benefit. And so did the, so did the religious leaders. They lorded over people, their laws and their, their authorities to use people to gain uh, leverage and pleasure. And, and Jesus is saying the greatest among you be servant of all. And, and he, he is showing a pattern where true happiness comes from, right? Uh, you know, I, you see this as, as people uh, continue to be wealthy and people continue to be uh, successful. You know, when, when there's comes a time when you have made so much money, you just don't care if you make any more. And those people are the greatest givers. They become that because they realize there's no joy in, in uh, sitting on my pile of rubble. Right. It's the joy comes when I really? give it away. And when I use it, to butter somebody else's life. And that's what Jesus is teaching, that the greatest among you is servant of all. And, and uh, what we're going to see is you prove who you are by who you serve and, and why you serve. It's the thought behind it and the attitude behind it. Mm, that was good. A.W. Really Tozer said, no man should desire to be happy who is not at the same time holy. He should spend his efforts in seeking to know and do the will of God, leaving to Christ the matter of how happy he should be. Put it in perspective. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, number two. Jesus asked the disciples if they understood what he had done regarding washing their feet. And it is likely that they did not. No, they didn't get it. They're like, <laughs> what are you doing? They're not getting it. Nope. So what we read here is that Jesus is explaining to them the lesson in a, in humble service. He said... This is an example for them to follow. The world thinks that happiness is the result of others serving us, but real joy comes when we serve others in the name of Christ. Yeah, the world that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, pretty does. I mean, the world is constantly pursuing happiness, but that is like chasing a shadow. It's always just beyond the reach. I mean, but how many times have you said that? Oh, I'm so happy. You know, so-and-so did this for me, right? I'm so happy. I did da 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 Whatever it is, but... How many times have you heard people or followers of Christ that said, man, I, I, I feel complete today. I'm filled with joy and happiness and peace today as I was poured out as a drink offering and serving the community of God or whatever that is. It's just, it's, it's so much greater than anything the world can offer us. Jesus, what he gives us is, it's like, I can't, I, the words don't even, there's no words to describe the euphoria or whatever that right word is to give it. It's just, it's beyond that happiness is beyond anything the world can ever offer us. So let me write a prescription that Jesus would write. If you're listening to this podcast and you're stuck and you don't want to go outside your home, you're depressed and you're discouraged. Can can I encourage you? Just do something that you can get no benefit from it and do something for someone that can't help themselves do it in the name of Jesus Amen. and demonstrate the love that God has given you. And, and I guarantee you, if you would get your mind off of your pain and your selfishness and your discouragement and depression and put it on someone else and, and, and care about them and love on them for no reason, they cannot give you anything back. It will bring joy to your life. I a hundred percent, yeah, people. I people ask, well, why do why do people pursue happiness? Why is America? Why are the world always looking for happiness? Why do they want that? And and they want that is because it, from the very beginning, we were supposed to be in fellowship with Jesus for all of mankind. We had eternal happiness. We were with the Father. 
But since the separation, since the Adam and Eve sinned and they've been separated from, we're going to talk about it in our next show um, and uh, our next week's show for travel. Um, but since that, they've now are always looking for happiness or always looking for pleasure is we're trying to get back into the Garden of Eden. We're trying to get back into that purpose, that meaning, that fulfillment of life. And so that's what's happening. The whole world is looking for it. Well, guess what? We got the answer and we're sharing that truth with you. So if you are wanting to be a happy person, we, what Barry just laid out, we just gave you that truth. All right. All right. Number three, Jesus was their master. So he had every right to command their service. Instead, he served them. He gave them an example of true Christian ministry. On more than one occasion during the previous three years, Jesus was that Jesus was teaching them the lessons about humility and service. But now he had physically demonstrated that lesson to them and for yeah. them. Yeah, oftentimes Jesus needs to reveal his truth to us in many times in many different ways. For us to fully understand that he desires for us to do, we are hard-headed people and stuck in our old our, our habits and routines. But there will come a time when the light bulb goes off. It appears that this lesson seems to help all of his other lessons to start having everything else fall in. Mm. So it's, it's, you know, here Jesus has probably talked about humility over and over and over and over and over again. You know, and, it, and it's and we will talk about this a little bit more. The context here is that after all of this has happened, they're still talking about who's the greatest in the kingdom. It's still delayed. It's It's still there. But Jesus, I think, by giving them this actual physical demonstration where they're actually physically seeing their master serve them in a humble servant way, it, it probably registered to them in such a way that, I mean, look, Peter talked about it later. Paul's talked about this in, the, in, his, in his epistles. So, I mean, this stuck. This stuck. This is a big deal. They got it and so on. You, you know, hearing you guys talk, this just came to me that, you know, they, they bring a problem to Jesus. These people are tired and sleepy and hungry. What are we supposed to do? We don't have anything to take care of them. And, and Jesus tells them, you do it. You love on them. You meet this need. You know, I, I, have, I will give you, you know, the power to do it, to, to fulfill this and to show them. And, you know, uh, he, he, you're right. He, Jesus was setting them up. To, to learn this principle, and he wants us to learn this principle, that the more we give away, the more we have. It is a, a kingdom principle that if we would just give ourselves away and if we just serve people and love people and, and not focus on getting what we need, but giving what others need that we got, it, it, it just grows and it happens naturally. Yeah, I mean, it's the more we serve, the more fulfilled we are, the more happy we are. But what ends up happening is uh, we get what we need. And, and, I, and I think that's the lie of Satan to us is like, oh, no, you got to take for yourself. It's all about you. You got to do it. You're in control. You're the one that makes things happen. And, and Jesus's message has always been the opposite. No, I want you to sacrifice and elevate others above yourself. I want you to, I want you to serve. I want you to have a mentality of, of helping others before yourself. And, and the byproduct of that is, as we become fulfilled and complete and filled with joy with Jesus, the byproduct of that is God says that he will always supply for all of our needs. God says that he will always take care of us. The God says that he's, he's and we've experienced in our own life that he's always faithful. Uh, it's our hard-headedness that gets in the way. It's, we've created so many bad habits, and we've done things so long, so stupidly, that Jesus, when he tells us, hey, be humble, serve others, we it's hard for us to register in our head. And sometimes it takes God over and over and over again to share with us that you're not doing it the very best way. What you're, How you're doing it is causing you to still have heartache. It's causing you to still have pain. You're still seeking happiness in all the wrong places. And, and I'm telling you, here's the formula. It's simple. Humble yourself before me, walk holy, live close to me, know me intimately, and go and serve others. You do that. You will be happy. You will have joy. Get rid of the hard-headedness. Humble yourself. Stop. <laughs> you know, and listen, I'm talking to myself right now, right? I'm not just talking at somebody. 
I'm telling myself, stop, Pete, stop, lay it down. The lie of the world is what you just, you'll be happy in seeking things, right? A bigger car, a bigger house, relationships or yeah, fame and fortune. And I keep thinking, you know, I was listening to, to Barry just sharing about, you know, all that stuff. And, I, and I'm thinking about King Solomon and, and what he said, you know, he's like, it was, he had everything. This is the richest man that's ever walked the face of the earth. Yes. Even richer than Elon Musk. And he said, it was like chasing the wind. There was no joy. There was no happiness in, in the things of this world. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have those things, but th you can't worship those things. Oh, it's not about those it's things. It's not about that. That's good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. All right, let's move on. The world asks, how many people work for you? But Jesus asks, how many people do you work for and serve? Our leadership should be measured by the servant heart within us. The last will be first and the first will be last. See Matthew 20, 16. We should care more about people than the work than the work they do. Wait, I, I messed that up. Well, you know, <laughs> we should care. More, sorry, I can't. I put my glasses on. I could probably see. We should care more about the people than the work they do. The work they do will be more productive, and then the work they do will be more productive. Yeah, I mean, it's like you know. I think, and I we talked about this in our prep this morning. It's like in my past, what I would hear about is I would have my you know, have your employees, you have your work, and you would you would really focus in on well, you got to get all this stuff done. But what the Bible is telling us and what God is saying says, no, you care more about them. Yeah. Elevate them. Focus on them. What is the needs? Where are they at? Meet them where they're at. And the byproduct of that is the work will get done, right? And, and here's the other thing is that we're not putting the, the weight or the pressure on them in a way to, uh, you know, the burdens. We're saying, listen, we trust God with them. And so by you living them and you praying them, you elevating them, then you are then ultimately saying, God, you're in charge of them. You're the one that's leading them. And so I trust you, God, with my persons or people I'm serving or whatever. It's just, it's a whole different mentality. And I think that, um, you know, it's, that's just an employee. That's, we're talking about a business aspect, but I mean, friendships, I mean, your friends should know that you value them above yourself. Your friends should know how much you are honored to be with them and love them and cherish them and, and care about them. They should know that about you. Your friends shouldn't be like, Oh no, here's Pete again. Right. Or, or he's all about himself or he's just a prideful guy or he's just this or whatever. His mind is always about being on vacation. Right. Or his mind is always about whatever. Right. Don't, we should not have that where our, our whole status quo should be. Here's Pete a servant, one that loves Jesus, one that's going to serve me or serve others around him and elevate others around. Him. It's a whole different mindset. So that's yeah, that's good. Are you, are you energizing the people around you or are you draining them? Yeah. That's when they're going to look at you and say, Oh no, here comes Pete. Yeah. Well, G, G, uh, GK Chesterton said that uh, the really great man or woman is one who makes others feel great. And Jesus did this with his disciples by teaching them to serve. Others. You make people feel great. I mean, that's, that's the key. You're more fulfilled and complete. Just make people feel great around you. Barry does a really good job at that. Amen. I think that's one of his key assets and in, in, in God uses them. He makes people feel great around him. Any other thoughts, Barry? You know, uh, there's, a, there's a hard underlining thing in this. When you wash someone's feet, you deal with what, you know, in a mess. And, so, and helping to be gentle and lovingly take care of what's between their toes and what's nasty, be, you know. That's when there's a lot of dirt all over. Yeah, right, man. And and but Jesus has spent three years with these men, and uh, he uh, he uh, really really stoops down and takes care of the mess and, and helps them with their mess. And, and he says, I don't have to do the whole, your whole body. I, I need to take care of this one aspect. Your feet are dirty and helping people to get the mud off their life and the mud out of their, between their toes and underneath their toenails and, and to help them become clean and, and right with God. It's a beautiful thing. And the joy to see that process happen, the joy that's not connected to this world. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the show last week. Talked about well, when Jesus, when we become a servant, uh, surrender our lives to the God, He washes our whole bodies, right? And Jesus is telling, "We don't have to wash your body in. You've already been cleansed." He goes, "But when you're now in fellowship with Me, there's going to be a time when you're going to fall away from Me, 
And then in those times is when I need to wash your feet again. And that's what he's telling Peter. He said, there's going to be those times I need to wash your feet. And uh, we need to let Jesus. All right, let's move on and read verse 18 through 35. But before we do, be sure to keep these lessons that Jesus has taught us in the chapter close to our heart. The sequence is this. We must first be humble and then walk holy, and then we will receive the fulfillment of happiness. Submit to the Father's will, keep your life clean, and serve others. The true formula for true spiritual joy. Yeah. All right, so verse 18, we're still in thir uh, chapter 13. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. This is Jesus talking. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I am telling you this now before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining. <laughs> okay, John. One of the <laughs> who Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon P Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus, of whom is he speaking? So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So when he dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he had said this. Some thought that because Judas had the money bag, Jesus was telling him, go buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him, him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Uh, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have loved one for another. Good. You know, I was just thinking, you know, Jesus, we're going to talk about it, but Jesus was still always in control. And he was telling uh, Judas, he said, hey, whatever you're going to do, go, go do quickly. Yeah. And the context of that is because, hey, the Passover is coming and I need to die here soon. So we got to get this thing on the road. You know, it's like I got to come and rise again through that. <laughs> he knew what was going on. Sure. So here he is, uh, you know, telling him that. But uh, let's go ahead and read statement five. And All let's right. just, so A dark shadow now fell across the scene as Jesus dealt with Judas, the traitor. It was important to note, as we mentioned last week, that Judas was not a true believer but he was a hypocrite. Remember in last week's show, we said he had never believed in Jesus. So let's read John 6, 64 through 71 to give it more context. Yeah, let's do that. And I and I think I'm, it's good for us to read the scripture as a whole. You know, we really want to get that. We don't want to, you know, I know I've had many discussions and I just had one um, this last week with a pastor about this statement. Well, are you sure that he was a disciple, you know, and he was with the whole time? How do you know he was a traitor? And and uh, how do you know he wasn't saved? Well, I mean, there's about five or six actual verses, if you see the context, that actually give us this depth. And this in John 6, it really gives it to us the best. All right, read it. Okay, John 6, verse 64. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Je This is Jesus talking. Yeah. For Jesus knew uh, from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the twelve? And yet one of you is a devil. He spoke of Judas, 
the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the 12, was going to betray him. Harsh. Yeah, I mean, you can't, we can't get around it, okay? So, I mean, Jesus knew from the very beginning. I mean, he told them plainly from the very beginning what is happening. So he, you know, and again, he's making the point that I choose my, I choose, I chose you 12, but I chose the one for a purpose. You know, there's a purpose why you were chosen because you were going to fulfill prophecy. So one, but it's how close though a person can come to salvation and yet be lost forever. Here's Judas Iscariot at the teaching, the words, the truth himself, listening to everything that he's saying and their loss. Judas was even the treasurer of the group and was certainly held in high regard by his fellow disciples. I mean, he was he was put in a in a leadership position and a higher ranking position. And here he is, you know, an elder supposedly of the church. And and he was not a follower. He was not a believer. He went, he heard the truth. He went every day, but the fruit was not there. Thoughts? You know, that that uh kind of takes it off of, takes us off the hook, you know. It, not everybody we witness to is going to be saved and not everyone that we disciple is, is going to turn out to be a true follower of Christ. And, and if it, if, if that was the case with Jesus and his disciples, it's going to be the case with us as well. And, and let us not be surprised. Let us not be surprised when some of our disciples turn on us. Let us not be surprised when, when, uh, we cannot, uh, keep, this you know certain people from from the choices that they make we, they all make their own choices and and judas made his choice and it's surprising it's it's shocking and uh, but you know it was his choice and he had every opportunity our job is just to tell people and to love people and and to demonstrate an example and let god deal with the results God allows, wow. that's really good, Barry. Yeah. God allows Judas Iscariot into our life. He does. And, and it's to fulfill a purpose. He fulfilled a purpose here. And, and, and they might backstab you. You know, Jesus had to go through this betrayal. I told somebody the other day, I said, listen, it, went, it had to be one of his own that betrayed him. That's good right there. It had to be it's close. It, 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 we are going to be betrayed. There's going to be close friends and family and relatives that are going to be betrayed. Jesus went through that. He understood that you're feeling. It hurts. There's wow. going to be Judas scariest in life. But if there is, if God allows that into our inner circle and allow that, there's a purpose. And he got to get our eyes off ourselves and look up because he has the plan. He is working all things together for good for That's those right. who are caught according That's to his right. purpose. We have to understand that. And it's not our job to stab them back. Just tell them, go and do what you're going to do and do it quickly. Oh, let it go. So maybe we could say it this way, Pete, that there is some that will not humble themselves and that will not serve. And, and we need to see those coming yep. Yep. And, we, and we need to uh, watch for those people who will not humble themselves. Come on now. It, it is. It's out there. It's going to happen. So it's like, we're not saying when or how, if it's, it's going to happen. It's, it's a matter of, if you're walking humbly before the Lord, Satan is going to do whatever it takes to destroy you. And he will use your closest friends at times. He will bring an enemy. He will get in to wherever he can to kind of threaten you. And just understand, Jesus went through that. He understood it. And you just tell him, go and do likewise and do it quickly. And let it be and trust in God because he has an ultimate plan. And all. all right. Oh, good. All right. At that hour, Jesus had two great concerns. One, to fulfill the word of God and to magnify the glory of God in verse 18. The prophetic scripture Jesus is quoting here is from Psalm 41.9. It says, even, even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. Yeah, when David wrote the psalm, he was probably referring to his counselor Ahithophel. That's the context of what he was writing. Um, who turned traitor and joined Absalom's rebellion. If you remember that, Absalom's is David's son. Um, it is significant that both Judas and Hithophel committed suicide by hanging themselves. People probably never correlated that together or never mm. put it together, but I did as I, as I read it. But however, Judas did not commit suicide in order to fulfill biblical prophecy, for that would make God an author of his sin. Judas was responsible for his own decisions, and those decisions fulfilled God's word. Again, God's in charge. God has a plan. God knows. 
So um, we don't want to ever, you know, take it like personally, if somebody is sinning or doing something or whatever, it's their choice. We all have wills. We all make our own choices and our own decisions. Um, we can either choose to glorify God or we can choose to glorify ourselves. I could tell you, Pete, I really struggled with that in the past, you know, personalizing the, and take it upon myself, the choices people make. And, and within our ministry, when, you know, when my friends or couples would go through divorce, man, it would break my heart. Yeah. And it's like, I would feel like a failure. I really would. And, and, you know, when, when that guy that we've worked with and worked with and worked with goes back and, and, and binges again with the drugs and the alcohol and, and, you know, turns his back on his family and, and does that, I would take that personally. And, but we remember that we live in a depraved world and we, this, we are not there yet. We're not there yet. In verse 21, it says that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Jesus was concerned that Judas's treachery would not weaken, uh, could weaken his disciples' faith. That is why he related it to the word of God. When the disciples saw all of this fulfilled, it would make their faith stronger. Yeah, I can imagine G Jesus. I mean, I was just thinking, you know, it said that he was troubled in spirit, right? I mean, it, it's like when you find out that your close friend has betrayed you. I mean, he already knew this, but his Jesus was looking at it so greater. He was like, I know, I knew that he was going to betray me. I knew that all this was going to happen and I'm troubled, but I'm more troubled about my, the sheep here. I'm more troubled. Yeah. How are they? I mean, it's all he can think about. So that's a servant leader. Yeah. A servant leader, one that's loving and caring and serving others. You're more concerned about how it's going to be affected amongst that. And that's what's happening. Jesus, Judas had been this loyal, but he expected him, them to be loyal to him and his cause. Jesus did. It's the word of God that strengthens our faith when the times of confusion happen. It's the word of God that helps us. So when these teams happen and we're troubled in spirit, we need to get to the word of God. We need to strengthen ourselves there. But more importantly, give that to our friends and our families. And that's what Jesus did. He dropped Psalms 41 to let them know that, hey, listen, take heart. This was a fulfillment of prophecy. The word of God said this will happen. And the same thing that we do when our with the people that we're serving, if they're going through something or whatever, we need to get to the word of God and strengthen them and help them in the word of God and not let Satan's lies deceive them and take them away from the word. That's kind of the context there. Right. You know, maybe the most remarkable thing, Pete, is yeah. that everyone sitting at the table with Jesus, they didn't know that Judas was an unbeliever and a traitor. You know, up to the very hour of his treachery, Judas was protected by the Savior whom he was about to betray. Yeah, you know, and I thought about that because he was protected because they could have, I mean, even in John 6, what we read, they just, they were still clueless. They didn't get it. You know, there's no way Judas Iscariot could be it. He's a treasurer. He's in charge. He's this, you know, he had to be in a prominent kind of position. So I, I thought, well, probably he didn't openly reveal that is because Peter was a hothead. That's just what I was thinking. Yeah, you remember <laughs> Mal Malchus when he took it? I mean, he, right? So those around him seem, um, you know, I, that's kind of the reason why I think he probably took it because Peter probably would have overreacted. Um, but there are those around us that seem to be believers that are truly not, unfortunately. It doesn't change how we are to view them or treat them. Only Jesus knows the truth about them. And it's only in his timing that their true colors will be revealed. And there comes a time. I've, I mean, every one of us have uh, had close relationships and then there comes a time when that those true colors are revealed and you see them and that relationship is hindered at that moment. I don't know. That's yeah, it's it's the times that the pressure comes when when you undergo pressure, what's on the inside comes out. You know, uh my my football coach Sam Ritigliano, he says it's like a tube of toothpaste, man. When you squeeze that thing, what's on the inside is coming out. And when we we go through adversity and we get squeezed in life. What's on the inside is going to come out, and that's what happened here. What was on the inside came out. I, I've had it told that you know you're a you're a rosebud, and when it gets rosebud, it squishes and it smells pretty. But if you're a skunk and it squishes, it comes out stinky. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so whichever one you are, have, have you squashed skunks, man? Yeah, you have experienced bad. that? It's a bat. You don't want to be a skunk. Um, First Samuel sixteen verse seven says, "For the Lord does not see as man sees." For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. 
God does not judge us by our outward behavior or our acts like man does, but by the intents and desires of the heart. So Jesus, he knew the heart of, of Judas Iscariot. He knows the heart of our friends. He knows the heart of us. Right. And um, if our heart is, is a rose and we get squished, we're going to smell good. But if our heart is a skunk, we get squished and we're going to stink it up, man. All right. Peter signaled to John, whom Jesus loved, and whom was the closest to Jesus at the table, ask him who the traitor was. Jesus replied by saying, it is whom I give this bread to. <laughs> to the disciples, this probably didn't register yet, because this was an act that was interpreted as an act of love and honor. So Jesus' actions were seen in that light. Yeah, that's kind of weird, right? He's like, yeah. okay, you ask, and then he's like, well, whoever I give this bread to, but they still didn't get it. I think most people that read this, their first reaction is, well, how stupid, man, he just said it and they still didn't get it. Well, they didn't understand. You have to understand the context. Right. So we're giving context here because again, he's, he's the treasurer. He's in charge. He's in a higher light. And, and they're looking at his, no, Peter, you know, God is loving on Judas. He's giving him the bread. He's giving them the first dips. He's, he's, he's elevating them. It's a little bit different. So don't throw the disciples too far under the bus here. There's, we got to understand context. But remember, Juice was the treasurer. He was, like I said, he's seated a place of honor. They would have never, ever thought that it could have been Judas. No wonder after Judas left the, the, the room, the disciples got in an argument over who's greatest of all. So they're probably thinking, well, is Judas the greatest? I mean, he already gave him a special mission. You know, he gave him the bread and he's leaving. What is going on? You know, hey, I'm the greatest, right? John, don't you the greatest? Jesus, are we going to sit at your right hand when we get to heaven? I mean, he's just, they're going through all this stuff right at that moment. So we have to know the Bible in context to fully grasp what's taking place. And that's what's going on here. So it's kind of different. All right. Even though Satan had entered Judas, it was still Jesus who was in charge. He lived on a timetable given to him by the Father, and he wanted to fulfill what was written in the Word. Yeah, that's what I was just saying. I mean, when he said, go and do it quickly, he's like, who, dude, the time is happening right now. I need to die. You know, there's only a certain amount of time in the time. I don't know. That was that was my thought. But since Judas was the, or where are we at? 11 or yeah, 12? 10. Discussion on 10. Oh, yeah. His Judas was a treasure. It was logical for the disciples to conclude that he had been sent on a special mission by the Lord. So Jesus had kept his true identity from them for the for his purposes only. That just blows my mind. And, and what is the lesson to, to us? It is not my job, and I've been guilty of this. It is not my job to spread rumors and things about other people. It is not my job to throw people under the bus. It's not my job. If God is going to expose them, God's going to expose them. It's my job to just let it go, surrender to God and let it go. And, and that's what he did. And so that's kind of what I see here. And, and I think a lot of times, you know, if somebody does you wrong, your pride gets in and says, you know what they did? You know, they did this and the gossip comes up and, you know, the pride comes in and, you know, pride's a spiritual sin. It's not a fleshly sin. It's a spiritual sin. That's a big sin. That's a more powerful sin. So about that let's move on <laughs> any other thoughts bear yeah i'm i'm just kind of blown away by the thought i think i think judas would have sat by the door and i think judas uh was kind of sitting behind jesus and and uh you know probably probably not not the one that would push his way up to the front like John was. And John is the one asking, who, who is this? And, and I think there was an intimate moment as the disciples was talking to themselves. Well, John, it's going to be the one I give this to. And, and almost Jesus turns, I think, this is the way I see it. And I don't have anything to back this up, but turns and just gives him to go do. And he looks at, that was his final moment with Judas and says, you go do what you got to do, man. And, and he just had his last moment and, and, and Judas kind of pushes his way away from the table and, and just leaves. And, and, you know, they, they just said, you know, that's how Judas is, man. He'll get over it. You know? Well, I don't know. I, I think that Jude, because he was the money treasurer from context, I, I see it as he was always the one that went and set things. So he was the one that went and prepared it. Passover is coming and the feast is coming. So in their mind, I don't think it's registering yet. I mean, it's still not all there that he's the actual betrayer. We're going to find out soon. Right. right. John uses uh, he the text we just read. He kind of ends in an interesting way. He, this little phrase that says, and it was night. That, that little phrase itself carries a tremendous impact when you remember that light and darkness are important spiritual images in John's gospel. 
in uh, in John, chapter in yes. John eight twelve, he wrote, "Jesus is light of the world." But Judas rejected Jesus, went out into the darkness, and for Judas, it is still night. Yeah, I, again, the context again is those who do evil hate the light. We know this because when you expose them truth, you expose them to what is right, and especially when you expose them to what the Word of God says. If they are living in darkness, they will rebel against that light. They will they will make their own will. They will reject God. They will remove and leave Him. Um, it will not be pretty, pretty, uh, pretty. But Jesus' warning in John thirteen twenty five through twenty six went unheeded by Judas, and it goes unheeded by lost sinners today. People who go where Judas went unless they repent and trust in the Savior. So if if Jesus shows up and he brings or anybody shows up and they bring light to you and you reject that light and you you dig in you're going to be in darkness and you're in the same fate that judas and this is i believe talking to believers talking to people that are in church talking to those that are that have been around or exposed to that light that's the only context i see any thoughts the, the only statement I wanted to make, Pete, is that when you don't open up the door to Christ, it doesn't mean that the door is shut. Mm -hmm. It means that the door is not open to Christ. It, it looks in this passage that the door was open to Satan and Satan entered him. You know, uh, folks, if you're not making a decision to receive Christ, if you're not making a decision to humble yourself under the authority of Christ, you are making a decision to do that for the opposite yep. of the enemy you are saying when we when we do not give a full-hearted yes to god we're leaving room for satan in mm. our heart yep yep good wow all right final one did you notice in verse 31 the minute judas was gone that the atmosphere was cleared and jesus began to instruct his disciples and prepare them for his crucifixion and his ultimate return to heaven yeah it's really funny is as you were reading that and it's like all of a sudden the, the mood changed yeah. yeah it was dark and heavy and then all of a sudden boom it's like okay let's you know and i i've been in that situation with people right you've been in a room right and then all of a sudden they left and you're like wow now we can breathe again <laughs> that sucks but it's true all yeah, right go on it is his core message to them was to love one another. He told them their greatest responsibility was to love one another just as he had loved them. Yeah, we're going to, moving forward now in the next chapters of John, we're going to really hit this this word of love uh, a lot. It's a Greek word agape. Um, I've always described it the, the love period, right? There's no love if, no love but, no love because. It's just love period. And, and it's a love that only believers can get. So it's supernatural love. It's a spiritual love. It's a word that they need to make up to explain what in the world Jesus was teaching. Um, Jesus loved us while we were still sinners. Jesus loved us regardless of our crap that we deal with or do every single day. That is only done by agape love. There is no nothing else that we have to do there's nothing that we're good enough or whatever it is he just loves us and then he asks us to do that same thing love others uh it's used 12 times in chapters 1 through 12 but here in chapters 12, 12 through 21 we're going to see it used about 44 times um it's a key word in christ's farewell sermon to his disciples um with the holy spirit come the word love will have a new power in their lives um, this section begins and ends with love. Jesus' love for his own and his disciples' love for one another. It is the love that is in the true evidence that we belong to Jesus. And so if we love others, um, regardless where they're at, you know, that is a testimony that God is in us. And, you know, the we can't love others that way without Jesus first loving us and it's us accepting that. But Barry, talk that love and then talk to people that don't know the Jesus and, and, and share with them. You know, uh, if you, if you're saying, I want that kind of love, you can't get it from the world. It, it just doesn't exist. Uh, it's not something that can be fabricated. A, a selfless love that sacrifices is this agape love. And, and you may be saying, I just want to produce that. I want to love my wife and my kids that way. 
And I have to be honest with you. You, you, you cannot turn the hose on and for what comes out of the hose be something that's not in there, not, not come from the source. If, if you are not plugged into the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you don't know if you received him, you cannot produce this type of love. You can't. And if you want that, you must yield and connect and, and plug into that love. And, and here's the bottom line. The reason why we can't plug into that type of love is because we're clogged and we're clogged by the muck of sin. And the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I have sinned. I fell short. We all fall short. And we all are clogged up in life. And we cannot produce love because of sin. And the Bible says, I've come, I've come that you may have life and have it life to the fullest. That is that love. That is that agape. And, and, and Jesus in his final teaching to his disciples at the upper room during the Passover feast, he tells them, this is how everybody will know that you are my disciples, that you have this type of love for one another. That is going to be the evidence. And let me ask you, dear friend, is there evidence in your life of this type of love, this this love that is holy, this love that is humble, and this love that wants to build others up and serve one another. And and guys, uh, like I said, it only comes from connecting to God. And that's why Jesus came. He came to unclog our lives. He had come to pay the penalty of our sin, and we must believe in him and receive him and, and receive the new life that he wants to give us. And the Bible tells us that the way we do that is by confessing and our sin and confessing him as our Lord. And, and if you have never done that, my dear friend, why would we wait another second to be unclothed? Yeah. Why would you wait another second to have the, the endless amount of love to not only throw in you, to flow in you, but to th flow through you? Amen. And I just encourage you to pray this prayer. Would you pray it with me, dear friend? Dear God, I am a sinner, and I'm stuck, I'm clogged, I'm messed up, and that offends you because it's been my choice, and I'm sorry. God, I, I realize that I'm a sinner, and, and, and I repent, and I ask that you would forgive me, and I believe that you love me enough, dear God, to send your very best, your son Jesus, to die in my place, to unlock me, to to put into me life that doesn't end and love that doesn't end and and the things that is his character he died so that i could have these things and god i believe that he died i believe he was buried and i believe most importantly that he rose from the grave that he defeated sin and death and satan and this world and the grave and and god i humble myself before you i ask you to not only wash my feet but wash my heart in my life and Lord to keep washing my feet that I would be right with you and serve you and walk holy and rightly before you and so Jesus I invite you into my life to be my life and I invite you to take the proper place of the throne of my life and I ask Lord that really you would open up the hose and live your life through me I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, if you if you prayed that, we would love to hear from you. <clears throat> Please go on to our, our website at riotpodcast.com and uh and uh just go oh, to what'd you say? What'd you say? <laughs> the riotpodcast.com. We haven't even you bought, heard it first. Yeah, we haven't even bought the domain yet, but it's available. So anyway, <laughs> um um, you better to, buy it before this yeah, goes. Somebody else might buy it. Well, we'll get it done. Anyway, so <laughs> go to the no God section. But seriously, go to the no God section. Please fill that out. Let us know that you just gave your life to the Lord. And um, we would love to get in contact with you and and um, and just really just get you started in your walk with the Lord. But Bob, how else could they? So I yeah, mean, there's lots of ways. Yeah. Riotpodcast.co.co. Uh, we have a new website coming soon, theriotpodcast.com, which matches all of our social media That's sites. So it'll make it, it it'll make sense. it easier. Yeah. So you can go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's all the Riot Podcast, and uh, also YouTube. If you're listening to the podcast and not watching the podcast, uh, 
I encourage you to go check it out one time on YouTube and, and, and see what it's all about. And while you're there or rumble, you or rumble, yeah. you, you got to do three things, right? And you know what those three things are. You need to like it. Sure. You need to hit that little bell. So you're notified every time a new podcast comes out and you need to share it with your friends. That's it. So, well, actually four things. You should comment too. Yeah, comment. yeah, it's a comment as well. Yeah, we so, love to hear comments. Oh yeah, it, it's awesome. Pete, we we had a comment last week about someone that who just was touched by the message of the show, and yeah. it was just an encourage, a big encouragement to us. So yeah. uh, we we would love to hear those. So guys, what an, an amazing show! So good to have uh, the Tricord together yeah. for the Riot Podcast. Don't forget March nineteenth. You want to schedule or you want to set that time aside, jump on the Zoom call, learn all about this epic, epic trip that you do not want to miss. Nope. And uh, June 2024, yep. we will go to Egypt, Jordan, and Israel, yep. and you do not want to miss it. Yep. God bless you guys. Love you. Be blessed. Glad to be here. God bless you. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.